Okay, well, good morning, everyone. Um, my name is Russ. I'm married to Pip, who you met earlier. Uh, we're the associate pastors here at Chelsea Vineyard. Our senior pastors, Libby and Graham, are on holiday, and they're at the start of a three-month sabbatical as well. So they're having a, a, a break for three months, a well-earned break. Um, so they'll be back uh, on Sundays in September. If it is your first time here this morning, I know there's a number of you for your first time this morning, um, really special welcome to you. You are so welcome here at Chelsea Vineyard, and it's great to have you with us. Uh, and also, I'll repeat the thanks to Pritam for coming all the way from Hemel Hempstead to lead us in worship this morning. Let's read from the Bible. We're going to read from uh, Luke chapter 4, uh, verses 16 to 21. So if you have your Bible in its kind of physical form or virtual form on a phone, you might want to look that up. The words will come up behind us on the screen, and we're reading from the New International Version this morning. So Luke chapter 4, verses 16 to 21. He, that's Jesus, went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it was. The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began by saying to them, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Father God, we thank you just for the power of your word, and this morning as we just read this passage and just uh, deep dive into it and, and seek to, to draw from it the meaning, the words that you're saying to us this morning, Lord, we pray you'll speak to us and we'll walk out of that door different. We'll walk out of that door closer to you, more like you, Jesus, by the power of your Holy Spirit. Amen. So this morning we're concluding our, our mini-series called Kingdom Carriers as we unpack some truths from these words of Jesus recorded in Luke chapter 4. Pip started off the series back in April. She spoke about what preceded this passage uh, where Jesus was speaking in the synagogue and that was the start of Jesus' ministry, his baptism by John in the River Jordan and the Holy Spirit descending on Jesus like a dove and his father speaking over him, you are my son whom I love, with you I am well pleased. <clears throat> and because Jesus had this experience, Jesus knew who he was, Jesus was rooted in his identity as he endured 40 days then in the wilderness. He was fully prepared for the testing of him by Satan. And Pip then zoned in on what it, what it means to, uh, on what being good news to the poor means. That we, as kingdom carriers, carry the same anointing that Jesus had to speak the good news through our words and to be the good news in our presence and our actions in our communities that we live in. It's what we say with our mouths and what we do with our hands and our feet. It's about taking Jesus' mandate as our own, loving the one in front of us just as Jesus did. 
And then a couple of weeks ago, um, Libby spoke a bit more about that anointing to be kingdom carriers. And in the same way that the Queen's family and representatives today can carry out her duties with her authority, so we have the same anointing and the authority of Jesus to proclaim freedom for people, freedom from things that hold us captive, freedom and healing from sickness and freedom from oppression. And it was a family service. You might remember um, some adult volunteers coming up here and you, some of the children binding up the adults uh, in toilet roll and then the adults breaking free to symbolize what Jesus wants to do for us and how he wants us to serve him by helping others to break free from sin, from sickness, from oppression, so they can be restored knowing the forgiveness and love of the Father. So as I said, this morning we're concluding the series on Kingdom Carriers, and we read in this passage right at the start of Jesus' ministry that he addresses people in the synagogue in his hometown. Jesus sets out his vision. Jesus launches his manifesto. Jesus gives the world his mission statement. Jesus speaking from a place saying, this is who I am, this is why I'm here. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And as you read earlier, he, can, he, he ends that part, but basically starts a whole new sermon in the synagogue by saying, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Jesus is saying, this is happening here and now. No more waiting. It has started today. The kingdom of God is here. Jesus is proclaiming the year of the Lord's favor. Okay, this week is a very special week for many people in the country. Why is it special this week? Who wants to throw out an idea why this week is special? It's Christmas. <coughs> what is that? Who said extra bank holiday? Yeah. It's, it's Tanya's birthday, most importantly. What else is happening this week? The Queen's Jubilee. Yeah, the Queen's Jubilee. And we're celebrating another famous proclamation. And that was on the 2nd of June, 1953. Uh, it was the coronation of Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II. And we're celebrating 70 years of her reign with two bank holidays. Yay! We're all royalists all of a sudden. No, uh, all the Republicans have gone quiet, haven't they? Have you noticed? Yeah, the people protesting, we should be a republic and not a monarchy. Oh, we've got two bank holidays. I'll be quiet this week. I'll let, it, I'll let it go this week. Um, and if you're wondering why we're celebrating a year early, uh, that we should maybe wait until 2023, which is 70 years after 1953, uh, um, it's because uh, the Queen had already been serving as Queen for about 14 months since her father died early in 1952. I have to say that because that's just like, you know, I'm one of these people think, well, why? Why is it? Why is it not 69 years? Why is it 71 years, 70 years? And, and I'm probably one of the only people who thinks that. So that was unnecessary. And there are, there are one or two that appreciate it, I know, but I won't name them. Okay. Um, a few years ago, Pip and I and the kids, we visited the Tower of London. Um, and I have to say, to my surprise, I really enjoyed it. Um, 
you know, I mean, I was expecting to have a good day, but I, I was surprised how much I enjoyed it. Just the building itself, the history, the ravens, the beef eaters, the crown jewels in particular. It was absolutely fascinating. Um, and I'm not a Republican, and I'm not probably a massive royalist either. You know, I'm happy to, happy to go along with it. Uh, so I was surprised, surprised how much I was actually stirred up, how much I was taken by the grandeur and the tradition and the whole sense of royalty, particularly with the crown jewels. What does that word royalty even mean? We sometimes use the phrase, in the presence of royalty, knowing that someone bigger, someone more important is in the room. A sense of humbling oneself before a king, a queen, a leader. And when I was in the crown jewels display area, I was amazed to see all the different symbols of sovereignty that were involved in the coronation service back in 1953. All the different garments of clothing and the different artifacts of the ceremony with weird names. You had like the coronation dress and robe of state, the diadem, the crown, and the coronation necklace, gold spurs, so spurs on her heels uh, representing chivalry, a jeweled sword, and the golden bracelets of sincerity and wisdom. The queen had a super tunica, which is a golden robe royal, and a stole royal, which is like a fabric that goes over the shoulders, and the imperial mantle, and an orb. She carried an orb, a big giant gold ball thing on a stick. I'm, I'm obviously communicating the, the grandeur and the sense of pageantry. Yeah, the big giant ball thing on a stick. Uh, and the coronation ring, a big ring, the coronation glove, and the two scepters, one for each hand, all culminating in the crowning moment. How the poor woman could stand up, I'll never know, with what she was carrying. And as I read there some of the liturgy and the displays and the words of proclamation in the service, um, there's one particular bit called the investiture. Um, and I want to take a photo of it, um, but obviously you couldn't take photos in there, so I couldn't. And I've tried to look it up on the internet, and I do get bits of it, but didn't don't quite get it as I read it that day. But anyway, um, all culminated in the crowning. Um, as I read that liturgy and the words of proclamation of the service, I was really taken aback at how that service was a spiritual, godly ceremony flowing with prayer and worship and rich in Scripture. There was an act of consecration in the service where the queen was anointed with oil on her hands, her chest, and her head. And then later in the service, the queen took communion, the bread and the wine representing Jesus' body and blood. And to think that she was only a young woman. She was 25 when her father died in 1952. And 16th month later, um, at the age of 27, she became queen at the coronation. And it doesn't feel like that long ago we were celebrating the Golden Jubilee in 2002. Um, and then in 2012, you remember, um, busy year with the Olympics and everything, we had the Diamond Jubilee. Um, and now in 2022, it's the platinum jubilee for 70 and flip i remember all the street parties for the silver jubilee in 1977 who else is nodding yeah angela yeah we remember those things the silver jubilee i won't go back any more jubilees for that but i remember there's a few of us that do remember that and getting cutlery and crockery and mugs with uh with the, the queen's face on it the word jubilee comes from the bible in Leviticus 25, we find the first reference to Jubilee as part of the law given by God to the Israelites. 
And basically every seven years was a Sabbath year for the land. So the land was rested. It wasn't farmed in that time. And every seven Sabbath years, so every, after 49 years, there would then be a year of Jubilee in the 50th year. And that was an economic, a cultural, an environmental, and a communal reset where the land and the people rest. And all those who are in slavery are set free to return to their communities. The Jubilee was essentially concerned with social relationship, economic security, stability, and the well-being of everyone in the community. Jubilee was about people living in ways that reflected good relationship with God, with each other, and with creation. And Jubilee was known as the year of the Lord's favor. And that sounds perfect. But of course, if you actually read the Old Testament, you'll see that it's not a story of God's people obediently following God's laws for hundreds and hundreds of years. Far from it. Although we talk about the year of Jubilee as something that happened every 50 years, it was actually a law that was not observed more than it was. And we see this throughout the rest of the Old Testament. The Israelites, God's people, failing again and again to follow the laws, the the laws that would actually bring them to life. And yet God's heart of grace and God's vision for restoration persists. God takes action through prophets like Jeremiah and Isaiah who bring messages that speak to the consequences of forgetting the law, but also to the promise of the Messiah the one who is to come, the one who will enable God's original vision for his people to be restored and for all creation to be renewed. The author and theologian Merrill Blair writes this, Jesus would have seen himself as standing clearly in the progression of the prophetic. When he says, today this scripture has been fulfilled, he's saying not just every 50 years, not just every seventh year, but every now Every today. When you come across injustice, when religious systems shut people out, this is where Jubilee is fulfilled in Jesus. So here we are, we're looking to celebrate this week the proclamation of Jubilee of 70 years of reign of Queen Elizabeth this week with all the royal garments, the artifacts, the jewels, the ceremony and the pageantry. But we look further back, as Christians we look further back to a far greater proclamation of jubilee just under 2,000 years ago from the king who had no kingly garments, no clothes, no jewels, no crown, no ceremony, no pomp, and no pageantry. How different is God's way than man's way? Jesus, the humble king, the son of God, anointed with the Holy Spirit, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. The year of Jubilee. The year of the Lord's favor. Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. This is who I am and this is why I'm here. And it's happening right here, right now. Just place yourself in the synagogue right now. Place yourself in this passage in the synagogue listening to Jesus. You might want to close your eyes and just imagine yourself sat expecting to hear from Jesus. 
do you need to hear some good news? Are you struggling? Is there something weighing you down? Are you poor? Poor when it comes to money. Poor in your spirit. Lacking in your spirit. Are you held captive by something? Are you oppressed? Is something really getting you down? Are you sick? Unwell? Do you need healing? Do you need recovery of sight? You don't need to be blind. Do you need, do you want your vision of Jesus restored? Do you need to hear, to hear the proclamation of Jesus, to hear the good news of Jubilee, to hear Jesus again proclaim over you the year of the Lord's favor? The definition of a proclamation is an official public announcement dealing with a matter of great importance. An official public announcement dealing with a matter of great importance. So Jesus' proclamation was not just for a past year or a season nearly 2,000 years ago. It was not just for the future when everything will one day be made right. It was spoken just as much for today as it was for the day when Jesus said those words. Jesus was proclaiming the kingdom of God had come in himself. And he quotes Isaiah prophesying about the Messiah. And he, he says, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. <clears throat> now, if you've been around uh, the Vineyard Church for a while, you will have heard about the kingdom of God quite a lot. We do teach about the kingdom of God. And you may have also heard the phrase, the now and the not yet. We believe Jesus when he said, today the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. There is a completeness. There is a wholeness. There's a sense of final declaration and there's no going back. But we also know as God's people, as followers of Jesus, as kingdom carriers, that we're not yet at our final destination of the new heaven and the new earth described at the start of Revelation 21, where the Apostle John is again quoting from Isaiah. And John says this, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for a husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be, them, will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. He who is seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. So when we talk about the now and the not yet of the kingdom of God, we're taking Jesus at his word that the kingdom of God is here now, fulfilled completely in the person, in the presence, and in the power of Jesus Christ. But we acknowledge that we're not yet in the new heaven and the new earth, that period that um, John writes about in Revelation, where there will be no more death or pain. 
The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Jesus' proclamation here in the synagogue is spoken out. It is spoken over people. It's public proclamation of jubilee, of kindness, of generosity, of forgiveness, of restoration. And Jesus' proclamation has power. The anointing of the Holy Spirit is on him. The good news of the gospel bringing justice, healing, and freedom. God stepping in to whatever situation you find yourself in. God wants to intervene. God wants to reset. And Jesus' proclamation requires a response, an opportunity to start again, to reset. It doesn't matter what the past has been. We can start again. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 9 to 10, uh, the Apostle Paul, who wrote a lot of the New Testament, he writes this, again, quoting Isaiah. However, as it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, these, so the things God has prepared for those who love him, these are the things God has revealed to us by his Spirit. God has prepared things for those who love him. Favor is God stepping in. The year of the Lord's favor is God stepping into our circumstance and our situations. God intervening in our lives. The things that God has prepared for those who loved him, this is for you. You are favored in the eyes of the Lord. A famous verse from Jeremiah 29, verse 11. You might well know this. is often prayed over people and uh, shared with people as encouragement. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. In this passage from Luke, this is what Jesus is proclaiming to us today. Some things might not make sense now, but God has a plan for your life. A plan for a better tomorrow. God has lined up the right people, the right circumstances, the right resources. This proclamation of Jesus, the year of the Lord's favor, is present here today. You know, at the coronation service in 1953, that part of the service was a response from those present, a response from the bishops, uh, from the Gentry, I know who was there, lots of very important people, but a response um, of, of praying for the Queen, of, of a response of acknowledging her as, as the Queen. And you know, Jesus' proclamation that we read in Luke 4 requires a response. It's a public declaration, a public proclamation, and requires a public response. In Acts chapter 2, just after Pentecost, Peter was speaking after the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the the disciples. 
And he says this in verses 36 to 39. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? What shall be our response? And Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. Peter said, you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Jesus gives to us his Holy Spirit to guide us into this life of favor. And if you haven't yet said yes to Jesus, um, you can say yes to him today and it will be our absolute privilege um, to stand with you uh, as you pray that prayer. And I'm just going to read this prayer now because uh, I don't know your journeys in front of me today. Um, but if any of you don't know Jesus and you want to know Jesus, I'm going to read this prayer. Um, and <clears throat> you can just silently, quietly say where you are. Um, amen at the end of this. Um, and then if you want to come and um, chat with one of us, uh, one of the leaders of the church later, we'd love just to, to pray with you and just to kind of uh, talk to you about what next steps could be in, in giving your life to Jesus, in, in living as a Christian. So I'm going to pray this prayer now. This is for anyone who wants to give their life to Jesus. Lord Jesus Christ, I am sorry for the things I have done wrong in my life. Please forgive me. I now turn from everything I know is wrong. Thank you that you died on the cross for me so that I could be forgiven and set free. Thank you that you offer me forgiveness and the gift of your spirit. I now receive that gift. Please come into my life by your Holy Spirit to be with me forever. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. As I've prayed that prayer, if you've been reading it and speaking it in your mind for yourself, um, say welcome. Welcome to the family of God. Welcome. Uh, I say we'd love to pray with you. Um, so come and just grab one of the leaders and we'd love just to pray with you. So the Holy Spirit will guide you in this life of favor. I just want to encourage each other this morning to practice listening to the Holy Spirit. We had in the time of worship before, we just took a break just to listen to the Holy Spirit, just to take that time, just to, for us to step back and listen to his voice. And how does the Holy Spirit guide us? He guides us by, re, by us listening, or re, listening to or reading the Bible. Let the word of God marinate, uh, let it rest with you. Uh, the Holy Spirit guides us by um, listen, us listening to what he says through other people. And you had um, this morning um, in the worship, Pritam felt he had a word to share, and Joe had a word to share as well about people in different circumstances. And very often that's the Holy Spirit speaking to us and guiding us into this life of favor. And you will hear as well, as you follow Jesus, as you read your Bible, uh, as you walk in your journey of faith, you will hear directly from the Holy Spirit through dreams, through just urges and nudges, pictures 
impressions through him highlighting parts of scripture of the Bible for you. Okay, I'm just going to come into land now. We have some more time ministry. In Ephesians chapter 3, verses 20 21, again, the Apostle Paul is writing here. He says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. That's another proclamation. To him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Jesus Christ through all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Let's say yes this morning to Jesus' proclamation. Let's say yes to Jesus. Let's stand in faith and receive his favor. Let's be people who carry his favor, carry the favor of the year of the Lord. And let's bless others amongst us and in our communities as we leave today. Bless people with the favor of the year of the Lord. Let's be kingdom carriers. Why don't we stand?